Pallies. Hi, pals. G'day, g'day, g'day. Afternoon all. How are we? I'm very well, thanks. I'm actually Ray. pretty good, pal. How are you today? Very well, thanks for asking. You have such a lovely shirt on. I wish you'd put a shirt on. <laughs> anyway, so we're here on the podcast, we're on the power. Thomas is here as well. He hasn't said anything yet. He's shy. I said hi and then I just wanted to see how it Tom's, I wasn't listening. Tom's shirt makes him look remarkably like uh, the Hamburglar. That's true. No, no, Grimace. No, Grimace. Grimace. I knew who you meant. I got him wrong. I do look like I've skinned Grimace <laughs> yeah. and I've made a bit of like a I love it. A I love these jokes. One. You know, it's a purple shirt, listener. Well, I think they get I mean, that. if you've <laughs> ever had a cheeseburger, I'm sure you know. How long has Grimace has been around always, for a while? They always had to make him serve you. Like you order a cheeseburger, they're like, get the Grimace. And he's just like, I got you burger. What was Grimace? Do we know? <laughs> Grimace, he was a lump of sadness, I think. Was his Good hop. shout. What Speaking of lump Grimace? of sadness, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Throw in the power. <laughs> the podcast where we talk about movies. Uh, one of us theoretically. Theoretically likes a film, another person theoretically hates a film and we discuss it and we all just throw our opinions against the wall and see what sticks. That was Theo great. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, pal. So we're talking today about A League of Their Own. What a film. 1992 film directed by Penny Marshall. 92. 92. 92. interesting. They're over 30 years old. Had a guess I would have said earlier. Yeah, it's 31 years old. Yeah, I said a bit over. It's older than most of us. Thomas excluded. I will be 30 very soon. So <laughs> it's younger than most. I've been, I'm a big boy. <laughs> I've been getting your letters. I'm getting there Stop. as soon as I can. No one's <laughs> sending you letters. <laughs> can Tom turn 30 already? That's we all we I should. Get. We we recorded 40 podcasts on one day, so yeah, we should cool. just wait a year. <laughs> we are going to live stream the pod on Tom's birthday. Great idea. And I get to oh. pick all four movies. I'm down for that. And <sighs> three of them. Will be cats. <laughs> <laughs> I hated the first one. What was the second one? I loved that one. We're just doing a three-hour extended monologue Fourth from Thomas. One is Jurassic Park the butthole cut for your birthday? The butthole cut, please. So, can we talk about uh, a league of their own? Because did you know the trailer? I watched the trailer recently. It's it like the league of their own. They play baseball. The women, and then it goes starring Tom Hanks. John Lovitz and Gina Davis. And many more. <laughs> like, it lists John Lovitz above anyone. Oh, not ever. What? Tom He's H- in yeah. the film for 10 minutes. I, I was going to say we rate these movies out of 11 and the reason for today is because that's John Lovitz' screen time in this movie. But he makes a killing out of every, every he rings second. every minute yeah. out of that. Yeah. Can I, I want you. I want the girl who hit the ball. Get back under the cow. <laughs> I Doesn't love the bit where he's like, we pay you $75 a week. Oh, we only get 40 here. Well, it'd be more than that, wouldn't it? Oh, he's so good. You know, buddy, if I had your job, I'd kill myself. Let me see if I can get you a pistol. And then he goes to look out the window and he puts his knee up against the woman and she's like, sir, your knee, you like it? <laughs> Everything he does in this movie is hysterical. And 10 minutes in, he's like... I'm out. Uh, Bye-bye. Yeah. And you see them and he's like, I got to go give the wife a tickle pickle. That's he has there. this yeah. unique ability to be able to sound like he's just <laughs> reading off the page. That he, but it yeah, works. It's the, and it's, the, it's the most intriguing wet, wet, no, what's it called? Cold said, read. No, no, you said wet. Let's <laughs> one go one with that. note? Let's go one wet. note? No, no, it's 45 notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the most intriguing cold read of a line. He's like, well, I got to go give my wife a pickle tickle. And then you're like, uh, cut, I guess. You That's nearly a good did walking again. You were breaching on wow. it. Wow. No, <laughs> the the <laughs> thing about Lovitz is that he sounds like he was born 
in the 1940s as a 30-year-old newspaper man. Yes, he and doesn't he's sound real. stuck in that mode. He's mm. just like, hello, girls, what do you want to do? Like, I think, I think well, he was. Yeah. Before we, we jump into this, we're getting a bit heavy-handed here on uh, John Lovitz. This is the John Lovitz podcast. Well, we'll just yeah. do a quick the John Lovitz podcast. We love it, the, pod. the John Lovitz podcast. <laughs> uh, we rate this on a score of 11, which is established. Right. We uh, How many lovers do we have in the room? I'm hands a lover. Hands up. Oh, hands up. Oh, oh, hands up. Oh, hands up. Count is, the hands, listener. One, two, three, four, four. hands. That's a lot of lovers. Oh, my God. John loves this film. <laughs> Tom! I would very much appreciate it if you liked the movie. From now on, you refer to yourself as a love it. And then if we have more than one, we could say we've got some lovers love in the room. That's I just fun. would like us to be known as the lovers from that's, now on. That's now canon? That's uh, now canon. Okay, I'll make a button. Yes. Um. So who has a score that they want to throw in? To the middle of the oh, room. Oh, look, I'll, I'll come in pretty light. I'll say seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the soundbite just died. It just fizzled out and died in front of us. We just witnessed a murder. What's necessary to make it work is to push the button once. <laughs> but no. Frank's no. audition to be part of Daft Punk <laughs> failed. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Come on, let's go Wait, on another score. Yeah, no, give me. I'm ready. Oh, are you ready? Give me a seven. My score. Oh, give me. Shh, don't tell me what's a secret. What's a number? What do you reckon? Seven. Fuck <laughs> off! I watched you do the same. We're keeping thing. every no, bit no, of okay, this in. Someone else. This the button's great. broken. There's a different yeah, yeah. button. Let's go a different button. Okay, I will go <laughs> an eight point six. Oh, that's not the right button. That's much nicer. <laughs> okay, now I'm just now I'm just messing around. Uh, I'll go a uh, a seven and a half. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm gonna go an eight point zero. That worked. Good. Well, yeah, the I figured out the buttons. It's um, <laughs> been a while. So, as our regular listeners will know, this is one of the episodes where we've shit the bed because we all love the movie. So oh, that's a shame. And it's not even like that's the second oh, time today for you, right? To shit the bed. To shit the bed. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for telling everyone that. <laughs> that wasn't in confidence. That's why I whispered it to you. That's fine. Thomas, um, you sent us a photo. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. But it was a confidently. I, I sent beforehand, psst, as well, a whisper. Well, and then I sent the didn't photo. you tweet it? You tweeted yeah, it. But I still put psst in oh. front of it. So it's Ple- a, Yeah, please don't retweet. Photo. Don't retweet this photo. <laughs> I should have been. I'm putting this on the internet. No one do anything with it. Um, I Yeah, it's funny that we sometimes have movies where we go like, Tropic Thunder, I thought was an interesting one from a few weeks back where it was like you guys had pretty high scores and I was a little lower and we did have that thing of like, oh, I do like this movie. I don't know if it's aged as well for me, but I enjoy it. But the distance between us today is like 1.5. Like our scores are between – this is a Top Gun again where we're all pretty much in the sweet spot. Yeah. Does anyone have a big criticism of the movie right out of the gate? Yes, I do. Excellent. Nice, go. Uh, All the stuff with the old ladies – you could get rid of yes. and extend the middle and it'd be far more enjoyable. If they remade this today, get rid of all the old stuff and you can have more time with the For the listener, version. I don't know. If, uh, we assume most people have seen it, but the start of the movie starts with um, an old Gina Davis going back to her like a, a reunion of her mm. baseball team mm. and then we go back in time, we see the whole movie play out and then the end of the movie is their reunion with all the old ladies. To the and they get though. the MVP... Not the MVP. What do they get? 
Baseball Hall of Fame. They yeah. go into that, and it's just like, yeah. oh, who cares? You're all MVPs. She, the <laughs> yeah. woman they cast to play old Gina Davis, yeah. which I'm so sorry I don't have. It's a name. uncanny. It is remarkable. I think they ADR'd her lines. 100. That's yeah, Gina Davis. 100. That's yeah, yeah. her talking. Do we want to go a quick synopsis before we go any further into it? What's do you, the story? Do you want to riff a synopsis? Sure. Um, it's the story of the All American uh, Girls. Baseball League, which I might have got that slightly uh, wrong. Women's? Women's. I shouldn't say girls. That's awful. All batting above their average. Yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a real league that uh, took off in the 40s for, as the movie points out, a lot of the men were away at war and so they tried to sort of gin up interest in this. It's a fictional retelling of that and it's got Gina Davis and uh, Laurie Petty as yep. sisters in it who join the league with Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell and Tom Hanks is their drunk, wayward sort of coach and they kind of make it. Retired pro baseball yes, player. Yes, who's, who's reluctantly come in to start coaching them and they sort of make it big. They they and generate. The, and the sisters also have a rivalry. Let's not forget the rivalry of the yeah. sisters because that comes into but it. But it's for the listener, the yeah. film was shorter than Tom's explanation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We <laughs> call him succinct Tom. What do you want to? The IMDb synopsis is about is about four words. So I'm I, that was a lot better. Expert, I, appreciate I appreciate that. that. Well done. And no, thanks nice. for the clever nice. nickname, succinct Tom. I really appreciate that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Frank. <laughs> well, that is my nickname, as we've that said. Is, yeah. um, um, how do we feel about Penny Marshall, the director? She's a real blind spot for me because I've never seen Big. I've never seen uh, Jump Jack Flash. I've never seen Awakenings. You've never seen Big? I know. Okay. I, I don't think I have either. Big blind spot. Have you seen Riding in Cars with Boys? I haven't. And she did another one with Danny DeVito where he's in the army or something or he's like a football. Twins. Renaissance man. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, twist. <laughs> I saw the poster for it, but I couldn't tell you what the name of it is. But basically she's got a very strange career, very brief, little bit of a, I don't know if uh, there's a trap door somewhere down here. Give me a sec. I'm just going to like. Don't you like, open that trap door. I'm gonna open it. In a pantry with a mic. What? The Butler's Pantry. There's that break in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> little, what? What? <laughs> Just in the middle. That's some real. What was that there in the middle? God damn it. <laughs> He's doing this again. Um, Penny Marshall played Laverne on Laverne and Shirley. You know, she she was known for some other stuff as well, but that was probably her most prominent uh, role, which is like a spin off of Happy Days. And she then, you know, came along to direct. Jump Jack Flash, I believe, is the name of the first movie she made. With Whoopi, yeah. With Whoopi, and then she does big in 86, 88, right? 88. 88, and that's huge. You know, Tom Hanks gets his Oscar nomination. It's a really Which is production. outrageous that he gets Oscar nominated for that. It's a movie that I know has its problems, but <laughs> apparently it's it's got a pretty good legacy just as like, it's a fun movie. Oh, it's, oh, it's fun. So endearing. But it's I I need to see it. But then she goes <laughs> on and makes Awakenings with De Niro and Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they both get Oscar. No, no, De Niro gets an Oscar nomination for that. It's about men waking up from comas. And then she does. 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later. Wow. <laughs> and, and twist, everything's fine. And <laughs> 1992, she makes League of Their Own and it's her last really big successful movie. She doesn't really make I mean, another hit after it. End on a high, really. Well, no, but then, no, she does three more movies in there. Like, oh. No one cares about them. Oh, well, she, does, she does quite a few. Let's not talk like about them. Eight more Let's credits. Let's end on a high. But yes, but <laughs> this movie's, can you help me out? I think it's 30 million is the budget, makes like 160, 170. 40 million made 132. Sure, that was a bit off. But yeah, it's so it made like, like three, just over three times as money. Yeah. What's that early ni- Like early 90s, that's pretty decent. You can yeah. times that by maybe like two and a half and say it would get to close to 300 mil, I okay. would say, but maybe we should check that. But it's sure. it's, it's a good like standard for a movie of its time that one, 
is directed by a woman, mm-hmm. still pretty rare in mm-hmm. the late 80s and 90s for the Hollywood system. You know, mm-hmm. you had Catherine Bigelow operating at the same time doing stuff like Point Break and whatnot. But And, like, you know, when you look into who were the big female directors of this time, you tend to get things like, oh, well, there was, you know, Agnes Varda, this French Euro sort of art house director, and there was, you know, this person. And it's like, cool. There's no who, one in Hollywood. Who were the big hot names like Penny Marshall? And it's all Barbara Streisand. You have blown my mind telling me that Point Break was directed by a woman. Uh, Catherine Bigelow was Catherine Bigelow, probably one of the most prominent, along with maybe someone we'll talk about in the future, uh, Mary Harron, who directed uh, American Psycho. One of the most prominent, sort of like, was given these movies or took these movies that she's like, I'm aware this is not a chick flick. I'm aware this is not a girl's movie. I want to make this. Great. But Penny Marshall, yeah, very much stuck to, although Awakenings is not. Typically in that realm, but anyway, I'm done because <laughs> when when Frank starts punching me in the leg over and over, I was I was just laughing because I just realised you've been talking for a while. A little and too You long. can see that when you start rambling because you're sort of going and you know and then Point Break and 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 uh, Penny Marshall. So what do you guys? They don't call me since Tom for nothing. Jesus. Because we have been in the pantry, a peek behind the curtain for the people at home. Uh, it was I that suggested this. Uh, that we do a review on this and I had this film purely with Tom in mind because he is such a big fan of baseball films. <laughs> um, we knew this We knew this in Twilight and yes. I went, well, I've got a fucking film for you, Tom. <laughs> and you've enjoyed it and that makes my heart full. Not, not enough muse, but apart from that, <laughs> this movie now. The baseball's just as good though. Um, Jesus. It's very strange that this is comes in a similar era to Bull Durham and A Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, I've right? I've never seen Field of Dreams. No, no, no. Field wait. of Dreams. Oh, it's Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Field of Dreams. I have seen Good. Bull Durham and one of the reasons, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, it's Tim Robbins and Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon. And uh, I don't think so. One of the reasons. Who? That, uh, <laughs> and one of the reasons that movie doesn't stick with me is it's very baseball heavy. And I'm like, sure. there's a lot on here about, you know, the point system and the strategy and whatnot. It doesn't really stick with me. Have you seen Moneyball? I have and I like it better. It has a similar problem for me. That's more like, of an accounting. Yes, yeah, where it's maybe. like here's like let's play fantasy baseball and then apply it to the Plays actual league. Life. Yeah. But this movie I thought was really successful with its montages, just enough sort of like inside baseball. It just gives you the, the idea. It's like, hey guys, this is baseball at a surface level. That's we, all you need. You just see you really? just see Gina Davis kicking ass. Oh my god, kicking she ass. is so f- like capable physically. It's incredible. To Do we have, have her height? She uh, must be over six foot. Oh, I think she's six two. Yeah, so I could yeah. be wrong, but she's very tall. I was watching this movie with Kath, and she doesn't know anything about baseball. And she's like, "What's the strike rule and what's the ball rule?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." And I explained that to her, and I was like, "Once you know that, that's all you really need to know. <laughs> if you know it. to get to the bases, if you know that if you swing, it's a strike. If you don't, and the ball's bad, it's a it's a ball, and then the pitcher has to it's walk. a ball, a ball. <laughs> they throw they throw ball. a ball. They throw a ball. It's a baseball. And then they call ball. Yeah, there yeah. are bases. Um, and yeah. she's six foot flat. Oh, she's six okay. foot flat, really. It's what about right. when she's standing I up think though? That's... No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Not even gonna Love Thank that. You. I'm very impressed with that. Um Really? <laughs> Back to what Chris said earlier. The um the opening of the film, I think I agree that you don't need uh the older women. I think in a similar vein to uh Saving Private Ryan, I think that opens and finishes with correct me if I'm wrong. Grown up Matt Damon visiting the grave, right? And it's very the notebook as despairing. well. Despairing. 
Oh, the notebook is what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The notebook's more like intermittent. It constantly keeps cutting back to that. I and apologize. It's like weird. But I agree with you. It does begin yeah. with it, but that's the book. You could ju- you could just yeah. have the story. You don't need the bookend of no. and current it's time. It's far too much. And and it's it's um it's a bit too cringe for me at the very end. It's probably my least favorite part of the film. I agree. It also drags on for a while with the baseball hall of fame. And it's like, yeah. oh. and also um, Gina Davis and Laurie Petty's older characters. They see each other and they reunite. It's like. Aren't you sisters? Have like, you guys not seen You haven't each seen each other, other for, for 45 Very, years? Yeah. Fabricating some drama yeah, for some the sake of these like, extra bits. Yeah. They would have been like, oh, I saw you at dinner last Sunday. Nice to see you again. Like, Can we talk about the one bit that I thought was kind of adorable from them all meeting up at the end? Grown up still well or sit well, however, you, whatever his name no, is. No. I thought, shit no, I tears. thought that was cute. Where he's you like, know, you recognize me? You're gonna lose. Yeah, I was like, oh, of you. how did, yeah, how yeah. I was gonna say. It was me, honey. That, that should, bothered me. That, that would have been be a, a far more effective scene, having him just staring at a photo of his mother and her work, like clicking and working out who it Maybe. was. It was, it was spoon fed and Chris and I love a good spoon feed. Um, it's the only way to eat soup. Yeah, you guys. It, it's full cringe. That was my least favorite part of my least favorite part of the film. Interesting. That's one of the only <laughs> moments that I thought was kind of cute. Whereas I did, I agree with you totally. The opening, once it swung round to the ending, I had forgotten the movie opened that way. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't mm. think anyone's looking for this, are they? Them singing together in theory is nice, but we've seen them do it in the locker room. I think that was the more effective version. Yeah, and I don't. Also. Fuck is like John Lovitz's character still alive? <laughs> like Tom Hanks's character died, and like, but everyone else. Oh, was he at the end? He's he's got the cigar. Yeah. You know how they're like, uh, he's been keeping the- that chance, and he's like, I'm a regular old man, and it's like you wouldn't be. <laughs> You'd be a strange looking fifty years later old sure. guy, John Lovitz. But whatever. He's been keeping that pickle in brine. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Circling good. back to Gina Davis, she is exceptional, and I think that she's such a. Um, well-known face for that time as well for just so many great films. Mm. She has such a beautiful old-school Hollywood face as well. Yeah. You know what mm. I'm talking about? Like you can see her in She's black so and white. She's so classically she could, beautiful, oh, like structured. Stunning. She's striking yeah. in the most like sincere. And, mm. you know, Almost the same as Robert Pattinson. She wasn't striking in this <laughs> film. <laughs> fucking home <laughs> run. <laughs> but do you know? True. Do you know she was second choice for the role? Someone else was cast and they had to drop out for scheduling, whatever. <laughs> Gina Davis comes in and... Just doesn't need any practice. Just like, yeah, I got this. Home runs, catches, she everything. She went to yeah. Penny Marshall's backyard apparently and Penny Marshall was like, throw me a ball. And yeah. she threw it and Penny Marshall was like, you're in. Yeah, And that was it. She threw, she threw a ball. And, yeah, she's very athletic. Penny some- comes around the corner with a black eye. You're in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Can you surf? <laughs> she, um, she doesn't, uh, you know, she never did a lot of athletic stuff. She claims when she was younger, so she wanted to kind of really show in, in her mid thirties that she could do this sort of thing. And a lot of the stuff that she does in the movie, when she does the splits and catches the ball, she really does that. But as she says, I think in her memoir that came out last year, mm. I did the splits by myself. I did not get back up by myself. <laughs> Very good. That is an edit. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and the shot you see of someone sliding into it is not her, but then she's there, like still in the splits, caught the ball. Yeah. So yeah. there's like a stunt double, like, but yeah, she's flexible enough to do a this. Lot of I can't do the splits. She went, just as a little tidbit, we'll, oh, I don't need the pantry for this one, so don't worry about it, Frank. Stop reaching for the button. We don't need it. No, I don't know okay. where it is. Okay. I can't no, see no, it. No, 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 I'm kidding. But uh, she went to the Olympic trials in 1999 for archery because after she had a bit of a slump in her career, Gina Davis, she was like, well, I did baseball. Maybe I could do archery. And she got 
pretty good at archery out of nowhere. She's a very talented woman. She was in Mensa or she's in Mensa. She's got a very high IQ. She's she's kind of Can we talk about when was the slump in her career? She's worked consistently from like early 80s. I would through. say through the mid-90s to maybe the 2000s. I don't think there's a lot of stuff in there that did a very well. Like there's the Long Kiss. She might have had, yeah, Long Kiss, Good Night. Which everyone was like, it's a bit of a cult classic now, but everyone's like, that was a bit of a flop. She might have had credits, but they might have been not they paying weren't the bills. Huge. And then, I don't know if this is how you guys knew her when you were younger, I, a little younger, but the way I knew Gina Davis is a kid. You're going to say Stuart Little. She's Stuart Little's Stuart mom. Little's mom. 100%. That's as Gina as Davis. If. And that's how I knew Hugh Laurie as well. Devastated that they're not a real couple. What a perfect oh my god! I forgot that was Hugh Laurie. Yeah. He's great. It's like <sighs> Stanley Tucci and Patricia <laughs> Clarkson in uh, Easy A, Holy and it's shit. Hugh Laurie and Gina Davis and Stuart Little are like my dream parents. Those are great couples. I won't say anything about your parents because I hear they're great. Well, weirdly, my dad is like Hugh Laurie, but my mum is like Stanley Tucci. You just zigged your own mum. Wow! Let's talk about the cast. Uh, it's a big cast too, right? Oh, huge. We have Tom Hanks, John Lovitz. That's Rose, all you need. Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna. <laughs> I have going. to imagine that trailer is playing a bit. If it's not, that's so tone deaf that the whole point of the movie no, this is, is like a, the women can get it done and they put them. Of course, Tom Hanks was probably. No, Gina Davis had won an Oscar. It's Madonna. Why don't you put Madonna at the front of your trailer? I, I think they, I think of some of it they did. It was like Gina Davis, Madonna, Tom Hanks, but then John Lovitz is also. High build. It's like great agent. He's, he's got a great agent. agent. <laughs> but he also apparently he also had you know f- you know forty five minutes of screen time filmed and they just trimmed it until it was just zingers. Kind of works. It, oh, it so works. Um, How about when let's that go. cow is giving birth in the background behind John Lovitz? <laughs> what does he say? Give he context. At it. Uh, he's he's trying to recruit the girls. Yeah. He's having a chat to Gina or the sister at this point. I can't remember. And there's a cow in the background and it's apparently there's there's a cow in the background behind him. There's a second cow just off camera that's genuinely giving birth. No one knew at the time and they just kept rolling. And John Lovitz turns and screams at the cow. What does he say? It's, well, you shut up. Yeah, I think he and does. And keeps going, just he some improvised throwaway. The and cow. then as he leaves, he turns to all the chicken. He's like, get these wild animals away from me. Don't you have leashes? <laughs> Everything he's, you know Penny Marshall was like, did you read the script? And he's like, of course not. <laughs> I showed up with a cigar. Sit down, Danzel. <laughs> he's very funny. Um, We should talk about Tom Hanks. Weird point in his career. Is why, it? Why would you say weird point? I think it's right. It's a turning it's, point? Yes. Because I think this it's, it's kind point. of the Because this of leans of, into... Emotionality for the first time is that what you're yes. going to say? Uh, more just that, like it's it's between him busting onto the scene and him becoming two-time consecutive Academy Award winner under Tom Hanks, it's which v- is two it's years later. Two years later, he yeah, wins for Philadelphia in '93. He wins for Forrest Gump in '94. This is right before that. This is '92. It's rare to see him play a somewhat villainous. He's a fucking asshole well. in this. Yeah, he's, he's great. So good yeah. at it. It's because he's not like an arsehole, he's just disgruntled and drunk. He's not just a Kevin mess. Costner in Waterworld. No, we wouldn't go that far. I mean, he's the man. Why was he carrying that oar around? Kevin Costner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he when he threatened to drown the little girl unless they won, I thought that was a bit far. Kevin Costner's taking notes. Yeah, this yeah, works. This yeah, yeah. He does. He does maim a boy at one point, a little boy. Yeah, it's great. He throws a glove in the kid's face. It's the one that screams. It's one of the, the best parts of the film. One nasty thing he still held on to near the end, and it's the bit you're like, yeah, <laughs> that kid sucks. <laughs> That's funny. But he, you're right, he's, he's an asshole, and he doesn't start to really curve at all towards the other until like halfway through the film. But I think it works. I think the 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 
team carries enough of the dynamic and the character interactions mm. that he then coming around and seeing them in the same way that we're doing it. We get to be witnesses to what he's seeing and he's like, shit, they're pretty good. They're like, so good. What they're am so I going to do, deny this? The yeah. turning point for him as a character I think is the the letter coming in from one of the girl's husbands. Big uh, scene. World War II. It's World War II. It's right? World yeah, War II, yeah. yeah. And she obviously gets a letter delivered or a letter is delivered to the change rooms. And but they don't have a name or something and they come in, they're like. There's a mix-up. Yeah, and it's so confusing, and they're like, "Oh, I need someone to sign for it. A no t- one can." And yeah. then he's like, "Give me the fucking letter, basically." Yeah. That is a heartbreaking scene. It's a that just comes like out of nowhere. Oh, it it's so it good. paints like wonderful is the wrong word, but this is the reality of the time. Yeah, um, mm. Mm. people are just waiting at home for news. I I can't think of another scene like it in a film. Tom may be able to, but. Yeah, it, 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 as you say, it comes out of nowhere and just hits. You know, oh, hits, shit. Uh, there is a reality outside of fun playing baseball. You kind of hold your breath, don't you? A little bit. Last yeah. year there was a movie called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, which don't. you guys might have heard of, which was nominated for uh, Best, Best costume, costume. And it has a scene much like that at the start where Leslie Manville's character is sort of hears about her husband's death like years after the war. And Is that the very... sequel to Sea Spot Run? Uh, no. What? It's... <laughs> How Which is- book is that? <laughs> it's the sequel to Mr. Plunden Goes to London. Um, but <laughs> but it's, it's got that similar thing where it's a kind of lighthearted, frilly film and it just has that little edge to it where you're like, oh, yeah, the, a war happened. And I think League of Their Own, you're absolutely right, has mm. that same punctuative thing where you're like, wow, I can't believe a movie's doing this. Mm. I teared up multiple times in this movie and some of it very, very early on. I love Marla's dad more than that got me. Can we talk about him talking about how his daughter is just this wonderful player and then she comes and she doesn't look the way they conventionally want these girls to look and John Lovitz just like played by Megan Kavanagh who's mm. in Robin Hood Men in Tights yes. as Broomhilda. Just exceptional love comedic actress. She's wonderful and the way she plays that obviously obviously she's a gorgeous woman when they get her like drunk and she's up on the stage dancing and singing. You're like, oh of course, like it's that take your hair down and let your glasses off, right? But the way that she plays it is very like shy and her dad's like, You've gotta go, there's nothing for you here. You've got to go where things are happening. She's like, I love you, Daddy. And I'm like, ten minutes in and I'm crying. And also we've had we've had two minutes with those characters. You're like, who are they? I don't know, but I love Love them. The next scene like that is when they post the teams mm. and the woman's up there. That got me too. How how easy would it be for an overly manipulative movie Look to do the song. really sad music and the zoom in and everything and it's just very matter of fact. She gets up and goes, can you read, honey? And she can't read and she reads it out for her and says, you made it. And I'm like, what? How this is that? so engaging. T- tears. Immediately. Yeah. Oh, that was so powerful. Beautiful scene. I thought Penny Marshall just found so many little moments like that of connection but, between and, the characters. But like, like you said, does them so nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. They just happen. They happen realistically, yeah. simply, and they, she just lets the emotion of the scene play out instead of trying to really ham it up. I think it's really like classy. And just, just for that character, you then have... Like that, the character that can't read, she's not featured so much in the film. Yeah. But then you have later in the film, Madonna is teaching her to read with, <laughs> of course, it's a dirty book. I mean, that's perfect Classic. for both of those characters. It, it, it sums up Madonna's character perfectly. 
but and she's also friendly because she's teaching it to read. It 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 all just yeah, works. It all just comes together. It's so great. Mm. I think Madonna has a distinct lack of vanity in this movie that I found incredibly <laughs> unexpected. What? I thought Madonna was going to walk in. I'm going to be like, oh, it's going to be the Madonna show now. Full supporting role. Yeah. She's in it for some of it. She's very funny when she wants yeah, to be. She is... gets an incredible dance sequence that steals the movie. Absolutely, <laughs> swing dance. Absolutely not choreographed, it's, right? <laughs> You're just they are like, uh, nailing the choreo as they yeah. say. Nailing the choreo. <laughs> very tight. Serving it up. Very tight. It's just such a show off by Petty Marshall. She's like, I can make this a dance movie yeah. if I wanted to. <laughs> You're like, you could. That was, it's it was incredible. incredible. Swing dance is cool. They're doing backflips and shit. Really That's fantastic. Dang- but swing dancing's dangerous, hey. With Madonna involved always. <laughs> yeah. you'll, get a, you'll get a kick in the face. But um, Madonna, I mean, not to shit on what you just said, Tom, but apparently she was she was not happy with this movie. She really wanted it to be like a glamorous Hollywood uh, I guess branch out from her. Like she's a music star. She's like, now I'm going to be an actress. And she was like, I'm hanging out with all these, uh, for an Australian word, a bogan bunch of ladies right. and we're playing baseball and it's just not what I expected. She's mm. having a shitty time. But it doesn't, it doesn't I'm come glad across. that didn't translate. Yes, yeah. didn't they've translate. done a good job yeah. of hiding that in the production. And like they probably gave her a couple of concessions like when they put her in that dress. She's like, yeah, May, yeah. that dress is too tight for you. I'm not going to wear it very long. Like, you know, a really yeah. nice <laughs> bit there. She I gets l- some great. There's some like, Madonna-esque well, moments too. Yes. Like she's well, they, definitely they got they a urinal into, fetish. They lean into the urinal fetish, <laughs> when, he's, urinal fetish. when he's peeing <laughs> yeah. and she's, I like, think she's lip biting for days. I think that's a Tom Hanks <laughs> fetish, let's just say. Like I was biting uh, my lip a little bit. Anyone, anyone at the urinal, she she was there ready to watch. I missed that scene. Do you not remember? We got a game, May. No, you guys go. It's for the listener. That's the scene where Tom Hanks comes in to meet the team. He's so drunk. Yeah. Is he drunk? drunk? No, probably still drunk. I think because he's, he's been drinking. Drunk, that's why he's. <laughs> that's why he pee, he pees, and it goes for a, a very extraordinary long amount of time. time. Long time. But apparently, Penny Marshall is off off camera doing the hose or the water. She's controlling it, and Tom Hanks just has to be like. <laughs> Like just pretend that he's right. like he's not sure. That's very much where the Laverne and Shirley that sort of sitcom style comes in. And I've said in the past that sometimes sitcom humor intrudes in movies, and I hate it. Coda was a very big example for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It worked. I think it's the exact tone of movie. Where well, it's this, like that's a sitcom joke. That's a very like. But this script what if is you piss for forever, <laughs> and, and like, it just keeps yeah. it just keeps going. It stops. Yeah, it's like the Austin, it's the Austin Powers joke. Yes, <laughs> but it's evacuation. <laughs> but with with Madonna, you get Rosie. They have this wonderful. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. So, correct me if I'm wrong. Is is Penny from the Bronx? Is she like Penny Marshall from the Bronx? That's a very good question. I don't. Apparently, I don't. I want to fact check. Maybe Frank can find this. She apparently Rosie O'Donnell is also from the Bronx, and and Penny Marshall would give notes. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's all right. Well, the the story I've heard is that um, no one could really understand her half the time, as in Penny. And because Rosie was from the same area, and she, I think Rosie was only given a couple of lines for the film. She wasn't meant to be a featured part. And uh, they just hit it off because she's the only person on set that actually got her and was from the same area. And so she's just like, fuck it, you're my favorite. Yeah, heaps of extra stuff. (laughs) And I don't know how you guys felt, but did you think it was like, imagine they're filming a scene and Rosie would just be off camera with a microphone? It was like this scene would happen playing baseball, and then you'd get Rosie and go, "Hey, that's it, girls! Why don't you just hit the baseball?" Where they keep cutting. She's not on camera. She's not on camera, but she's just shooting. You know she's lines. Yeah, she's so funny. I know her as the host of the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards and the voice of Turk in Tarzan. That's Rosie O'Donnell to me. Like I really, that's basically- She is great as Turk in Tarzan. She's great as Turk in Tarzan. And basically she's always kind of been as an entity that I'm like, "Uh, she's a bit of a joke, like she's a bit whatever, you know. I don't know a lot about her to be fair. 
but I would watch a million movies directed by Penny Marshall with Rosie O'Donnell. She was so well used in this film. She's so consistently funny and gets one of those moments as well that we were talking about, the sentimental thing on the bus where she shows a photo of her husband and they're like, is the picture blurry? No, that's just his face. <laughs> that's just how he looks. That's just what he looks like. But don't worry, he treats me bad too. That's great. All and the guys just, used to treat me bad and tears the photo up and I'm like, man, give me this movie all day every day. I well, love this. And it's like this is the weird thing of like of 1992, they couldn't exactly say it, but this is a real team of women playing baseball. This happened in real life. A lot of them were lesbians. Obviously Rosie O'Donnell at that point was still a closeted lesbian, I think. You, I'd imagine in the early 90s. Early 90s. Ellen hadn't come out by then. So. With and arms she was the like first. that. With arms like that. No, she can throw a baseball. She should have been a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's so nice because you, you've got to assume that people close to her knew. So Penny mm. Marshall probably knew but they planned this thing. Oh, she, doesn't, she doesn't need a husband. Like get out of here. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. about the team. Great. It's about the women being together and that camaraderie and that spirit. And like Tom Hanks is top bill in terms of like top billing. I don't know. Did that land? No, did, People know yeah. what top billing yeah. is. Top, bill. yeah, that, top that William. Um <laughs> First name on the credits. Thank you. But <laughs> it's not about him. I think he's supporting. And not in terms of screen time, but in terms of the context and the actual I, structure I, of the story. Even it's, in terms yeah. of screen time, like he's really intermittently in it for the first half. Like he just yeah, keeps cutting to shots of him drunk being like, ah, girls, you know. I can't do a good Tom Hanks. He's hard. He's a difficult one. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. No, I can't do it. A either. line I've heard a thousand times, had no idea what it was from. Because you I are such of, a big baseball fan. Every time I go to the game, they're like, Tom, there's no crying in baseball. I'm so I can't help it. I'm just so excited. I'm so proud if, of if you. If you do ever get the chance, go to a game. It is boring as hell, yep. as I'm sure Frank's. You, I have, you've I've you've seen to, a game yeah. on that uh, that trip to America where you saw that lighthouse in Maine. <laughs> I um, <laughs> for yeah, no, I uh, I lived in the states for eighteen months as a and young, fell mainly on the very plane. young. <laughs> anyway, I saw one baseball game. It was a good time. F- fuck me, right? It was a tall lighthouse. I don't know how you could see the field. Different. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who we haven't talked about? What friend of the pod, Tia Leone. Tia Leone. Yes. Yes. I'm so <laughs> glad Jurassic you Ballpark 3. <laughs> she's uh, on, she's in the film all the way through and like just uh, what is she, like a left hitter or whatever they call them in baseball? I don't know. She plays for the, oh, what's the what's the name of the, the race scene? The race scene. The other team, the rival team race The rival team. team. So yeah, it's yeah. the Peaches is our girls team yes. until Kitty, which is uh, Laura Petty, mm-hmm. goes over to the, the race scene. Turns girls. into a switch yes. hitter. Yes. Now I catch my meaning. Um, mm, I don't. No. <laughs> I dropped it. <laughs> um, I think Marla's the only switch hitter because she can do left and right handed. Marla, one of my favourite jokes. Amphibian, in, we call that. <laughs> one of my favourite jokes in the movie, which I think. <laughs> <laughs> amphibian. I don't know enough about. <laughs> Am- amphibian. Amphibian. Ambidextrous. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So a fish. No, I knew it. I just love. I love to play on that. Uh, Marla's they, you know, a lot of humor that comes through in the '90s and stuff like this, uh, especially towards women. Whenever it's a woman who's like a bigger woman or not conventionally attractive, it's always like, ah, she's ugly, and that's the joke. And I think that those jokes are in this movie, but the movie has a lot more sympathy for her and a lot more humanity. So I think a joke that lands really well because they're playing up how the girls are all. Good house. When they're doing the promotional video, they're like, Amazing. "These girls play baseball, but look, she can serve coffee." And this girl, she's just 
a great dancer. Isn't she wonderful? <laughs> and also there's Marla and she's halfway across the field. <laughs> like, that's brutal, but very funny. One of my, yeah. like, my favourite jokes. We cannot put you, you know, <laughs> close enough to Go wide shot, wide yeah. shot for Marla. Shout out to, I think it's Harry Shearer. It has to be Harry Shearer. It is, oh, it is Harry the, Shearer. Yes. That would. Yeah. That very good. Out. Doing Harry. the the newsy reader voice. Yes. Just, he's made for it. alum Harry Shearer. That yeah. makes sense that that's him. Um, I guess we should talk about we have really found very little apart from the bookends of this movie to criticise. So I'll come in with a thing that I thought was the most air eh, and it is the relationship between Gina Davis and her sister. What is Gina Davis's character name? Because her sister's name's Kitty. Her name is Dolores? It's Dottie. Dottie. Dottie, Dottie and Kitty's relationship is pretty underbaked for me and when the whole movie suddenly starts to hinge on that conflict at the end I'm like what are we doing here well like, she beats her in a foot race don't you I'm I'm, I'm following from there I, I, would, dis- hate her too. I would disagree I feel That's like <laughs> very weird that I just realized where our feud started <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of he sense he beat me in a foot race <laughs> um I just I think that the movie initially starts with it and gives us that little bit of push and then most of the rest of the film, there's like two minutes or two bits rather throughout some of the baseball montages where you see some friction between them and then it kind of comes back when she says she's pitching melons or whatever out there she shouldn't be playing and then it's suddenly like, you always do this to me. Why do you do this? I hate you and I'm moving to another team. Yeah, it's crap. And I don't believe it either. It's just the movie I think functionally can operate without it. If any movie deserved to build towards a predictable victory that would just get me so happy and get me so invested and, and finally getting that sort of um, catharsis of this this team that no one believed in. It's this movie and they don't get it. And I know that the movie is playing with, well, Kitty won and she got her own victory and really it's it's a victory anyway because the baseball teams or the baseball league is going to continue and, you know, all for one and one for all. But I'm like, no, fuck that. The Peaches should have won. Yeah, I'm really mad they didn't. I just, I don't think, Agreed. I thought it was too cheap a conflict to sacrifice that ultimate moment that every sporting movie has that you're like, if I'm invested in this when they win, it's going to be just ecstatic. And uh, it doesn't happen. She had Dottie's unwavering support from start to finish. Like, yeah. yeah I feel like that Kit she feels is not justified. It's not justified, yeah. Kit's being a bit of a spoiled younger sister yeah. and it's like Dottie's like I can't help it that I'm awesome at baseball man like why don't you just relax yeah. but yeah I feel like the ending for, I mean for me the rivalry kind of worked I, it landed for me I felt like you can see kids being a dick but she, you know she's still pissed off and she still wants to she wants to be the best she's never gonna be because Dottie just is awesome and you can't deny that but her frustration builds and builds, and I, I, for me, it kind of landed. Well, she so. bat- she's battling her insecurities. I think that it's not about Tom's Dottie; not, it's about yeah. Her Tom's own. not disagreeing with you though, but he's just saying it's underbaked. He hasn't said anything. I know why it's there, but I just yeah. I think another another draft. I think going at this and going because one of the things I turned to Kath and said halfway through the movie was I would have sworn from the first twenty minutes of this film, Madonna's going to be the villain. There's going to be this conflict within the team and they're going to have to find a way to move past that and come together. And instead the movie was like, what if they all get along and it's awesome? And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's so much better. I don't need a fake conflict. I don't need some weird. And the second it turned into the two sisters, I was like, yeah, I don't I don't think the movie needs it. I think it's ginned up enough, which is so hard to do, 
a sports movie that traffics in cliches, but very, very good and very well felt and emotionally invested cliches and gets us to these moments in the just naturally cinematically appealing form of sport and then goes, "Mm, but here's an extra twist. Like, you know, the whole build between her kitty pitching to Dottie and then Dottie making the call of like throw fastballs, she always goes to hit them. I, I wanted to be more invested in those moments and I found myself more and more like there was some, there's a moment where Kitty goes back to the dugout and starts crying because she thinks I'm going to lose to my sister again and I'm like, mm, I feel a twinge of something here. I get it but I needed another 10, 20 minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that it's like you need a scene at the start of the movie. Instead of them being old and getting ready for their reunion, it could be a scene of them growing up playing baseball together and yes. Kitty always losing yes. or, or that exact thing. I'm going to throw... Um, high fastballs, you can't you can't hit them, but you can't not hit at them. Mm. And you see that and then it bookends at the end of the movie. That could have been great. I actually agree. I think this not movie with I'm, them as kids yeah. instead of bothering and then maybe you can keep the old reunion with them. And nah, maybe it works. We don't know that. Well. So you think just insert one more scene and you can possibly A couple fix. More. Come more, on more. Because I don't see enough of, and I have to admit, as good as Gina Davis is in this movie, I started to think she was one of the weaker aspects halfway through just because she didn't get enough screen time. And then they started giving her more and I thought it was great, but then they started giving it to her and Kitty. And I'm like, mm, I mean, I, I just don't think, you know, I thought the the dynamic between her and Tom Hanks was great. I was so happy that I could tell the movie wasn't going to make them hook up. I'm like, excellent. So fantastic. They just have that weird flirty platonic On that now. though, that the movie did get nominated for the MTV Best Kiss Award. Between Bill Pullman and Gina Davis? No, no, no. Tom Hanks and Pauline Brailsford, who's Miss Cuthbert. That's a good nomination. Like, when he just kisses her on the bus. <laughs> Every right. now and then MTV, right. they, they swing and they <laughs> hit. Some of them know <laughs> they're doing. That's a, am I getting this right? That's a, that's a, that's that's a spot on top. That's an spot all on. hitter. That's a that's a third. <laughs> that's third. a home fun. <laughs> that's pretty much it, I think. That's right. An that's ace. A, yeah, an ace. That's yeah. an ace in the hole. It's yeah. in the finish zone. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, speaking of Bill Pullman, was he really on the scene at this point? Yeah, yeah. He was just kind of a guy who showed up and played like military types and like government officials. Like I he don't played think the president. He, was, in, he did this movie as a favor. To, oh, I was going to say. Marshall, I don't his, think he was needed. Yeah. As in, as Bill Pullman, or just as, as the, husband? the husband? I think the husband could have been any any actor. I don't think he needed to pull a name in for that because it wasn't used enough. Okay. I don't think there was enough um, body there. It was nice to know that you know Dottie ultimately her husband came home and she's like, "Cool, I'm done." See, I kind balls. of I kind of like that in the way that you go as an audience member. You go, oh, "I know Bill Pullman. I I can see why she's going with him in that strange way." Like sure. you know, if it was just a no name actor, that you go. Who is this guy? Why is she going home with him? But if you go, that's oh, Bill Pullman. You go, oh, I, I think it's very specific to the people. And Chris, you haven't said it. Is Bill Pullman a familiar face and like figure to you? Uh, outside of Independence Day, not really. That's the thing. Like we're very specific types who go, that's Bill Pullman. I'm aware of that guy. And I sure. think 90% of people go, I kind of know that guy. Like, oh, okay. And I think he has that Flick. exact face. Flick was watching this with me. He walked in the door and she went, oh, Casper. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. You are so lucky you locked that down, man. <laughs> that's incredible. It was He's pretty cute. so good in Casper. Isn't he? That, oh, that's heartbreaking. Wow. <laughs> yeah, strangely sad. Well, it's a movie about ghosts, but it's a sad movie. Yeah. Welcome to our uh, one of our experimental episodes where we just transition halfway through to a completely <laughs> different movie based on a bit part. So we're going to talk about Casper now. <laughs> 
Aren't we talking uh, about Jurassic Park 3? Yeah, well, T- I, I, didn't, I didn't pick that it was Tia Leone. So no, no one mind. does. Oh, you, t- you just no, got really credit. Blown my mind with that. I did not know that. Did was, you see her? Leone. I didn't actually see her in the movie. In in the plane yeah. with oh, Jack Black. Yeah. I know she's in it, but I can't. I couldn't. I can't tell you the scene. Oh, you, you see her nothing short of ten to fifteen times. As one of the like rival, she's girls. in the scene where all the all the women are learning how to be uh, the, the women's etiquette. The etiquette thing, yeah. She's in a lot of the baseball scenes. She's in the training montages. Really, she's all over the shop. Wow, she's featured a lot without a single word of dialogue, and that's how good she is. Great! Wow, I, I missed it. Sorry, I said it very nonchalantly because I thought you all I, like I knew she was up. in it, but I just I. Because I read the credits and I was like, ah, oh, Tilly, the other Cusack is in this too. Anne Cusack, jo- oh. not Aunt, not Joan, John, not Joan. Anne, not Joan, or yeah, it's Anne. I didn't know there was a third Cusack. There's four or is maybe it, five Cusacks. They got to stop few. making Cusacks. Yeah, it's too many. It's Joan and John, many and then there's Anne, who's like just like the, them and the Baldwin's, like West Side Story, <laughs> and like fucking <laughs> the Hemsworths parachute in. <laughs> like, okay, oh, she plays Shirley Baker. Yeah, Anne Cusack, Shirley oh, Baker. Oh, okay. Like she's an actual character in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the one with the kid. Yeah, she's. Uh, is that no, Shirley? No, that's no, not Shirley. Oh, okay. Who's got the ki- who's Sitwell? Stillwell? Sitwell? I'm now questioning myself. What's the name of the boy? Stillwell. Stillwell. Worst name for a kid ever. Very funny. Because <laughs> he can't sit still or well. <laughs> no, mate. Don't hit him. Use my bat. It's heavier. He <laughs> looks like very funny. Looks like the little Austrian child from The Simpsons. Oh, <laughs> made me run full of chocolate. <laughs> It's weird you, he came straight from filming that. That's right. <laughs> to, to do I, um, I do have a question yeah. because this bothered me. I had to look it up and I'm still not sure. Well, wasn't segregation outlawed after when this would have been? No, in the 40s. They're still in the South. This, so they would have had Jim Crow laws yeah, so in place. You're saying black people weren't allowed. Yeah, well, in, the, in, the, in the crowd they were like well and truly mingling in the crowd and, and it was very oh, um, um, well they were, very mixed crowd. But yeah. you also get the scene with the black people who are off to the side and the ball gets thrown over They're not to allowed them, to play. And one of the black women throws the ball, okay. which I thought was a nice but they, these I'm, I'm not kidding. In There's crowd a couple shots, of black guys. They're sitting in, the, in there sharing food with people and everything. Yeah. Well, it's, it's similar to like the TV, you know, there's a TV show, League of Their Own, what came out last year? Mm. Yeah, with Abby Jacobson. Yeah. Okay. City, yeah, that really goes into this the story of racism oh, and stuff in the sure. states. But yeah, they were they were not segregated, but black people weren't allowed to play. Sorry, black women weren't allowed to play baseball. But we still had number forty two, uh, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. Yeah. He had made he'd gone. Yeah, broke. so he'd broken the color barrier oh, in baseball. Okay. But it yeah. also depends what set because you know obviously the girls are from the south. Yeah, you know, but whether there are certain regions they're playing in, if you matched it up in the film and went, oh, they're in the north now. So well, it's this like, is set in forty three. Right? Yes, but so, you'd, you'd go the northern states in America were much more. Except like if you went around, that's a big jump. Like. Segregation wasn't outlawed till sixty four. It was segregation in certain parts of the the country. Like you yeah. had you had oh. segregation much more pronounced in the south. You got the, you the I, civil I, war and like it's like north and south split. Right, right, right. My so, understanding is that by the time you know sort of the racial justice movement and the civil rights movement came around the sixties, there were certain parts of the world of the country where you know you black people could go and sit and watch baseball. Like for instance, in the south. You just were completely segregated and cordoned off elsewhere, but you know you had to sit at a certain part of the bus in parts of the north, as we know with um, uh, Rosa, Rosa Parks, Parks and whatnot. Anyway, uh, that's a lot of stuff that may, we may have to fact check a lot of that. that no, that's cool. But I mean, as yeah. Frank would know from his trip to the lighthouse, um, <laughs> American theaters generally the seats on the left one, three, five, seven. The seats on the right two, four, six, eight. 
it makes it very easy to know where you are sitting. Odds yeah. and evens. Oh, ah, split them up. Wow. How about that? And I could, to this I, day, I think the numbering is still that way. Really? Well, I can't count, so I don't know about that. But um, <laughs> I count on you. How good's the score in this movie? This? <laughs> uh, it sounds Hans, like Monsters Inc. Is it Hans Zimmer who did the score? It is Hans Zimmer. Yeah, it's nice. Hands it's, down, his best work. Yeah, it's a zinger. Ah, bow wow, bow wow. That wasn't even close. No, but here's what did just happen. <laughs> Frank preempted yeah. by going. Bow wow! I've got a sound effect for that. Yeah, <laughs> not even thinking about what you actually said. No, just rewarding it. <laughs> yes, just rewarding it. What I'm what I'm going to do is cut me saying that and just go straight to that. So you guys just fuck. I'm going to reference it every three minutes, so you can't cut it. Go on. <laughs> Bow wow! <laughs> just referencing the sound. That's You're just true. trying to sing along. I enjoy the sound. Oh my god! I think Tom Hanks is really interesting in this. We haven't talked about him too much. Just to say that his aggression and his sort of like drunken acting and his obviously early stage of the career not being the, you know, Hollywood's boyfriend and then growing into sort of the elder statesman of Hollywood. Um, the scene where he yells at uh, the player and then says there's no crying in baseball and then right at the end of the movie he goes to yell at her and he has an aneurysm for about 30 <laughs> seconds just staring her deep in the eyes, trying so hard and then goes... In the future, <laughs> when that happens, and he just curves himself so much, she's like, "Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks." Like she's over the moon that he doesn't yell at her, and it's a beautiful character moment. I really loved it. Um, yeah. And she nails the next pass. She does. She That's actually does. a really good. That's good coaching. Yeah, yeah. It's positive reinforcement. He's <laughs> yes. He's shaking. He's so. It is like you yeah. imagine. Penny Marshall's got his legs out of frame. She's just shaking. His those eyes buttons. were bloodshot. Yeah. <laughs> It's He's, a very long aneurysm that you yeah. see him have. Yes. Yeah, um, that's good. I think the movie itself, like a lot of films that are two years earlier, uh, Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon were in Thelma and Louise, mm. which was a huge kickstart even though it was directed by Ridley Still Scott. Still haven't seen it. Really, really good movie. Um, it was directed by Ridley Scott but still was really very yeah, and very controversial in its time for being all feminists hate men and they want to kill them. And the movie had a lot of detractors and a lot of supporters, but ultimately Gina Davis kind of found herself within a couple of years here in these movies that felt very outright about women in cinema and women in society. And like all those movies when they happen, you kind of end up automatically when you have people who are like either minorities or you have women or you have people who are underrepresented in movies, it becomes a metaphor for these people in cinema. So this movie's about making a movie about women and women making this film and being told no one's going to show up, no one cares, who would see that? And then this is a very successful yeah, film. It's a lingering film. Again, I don't think they needed the the ending that they had. Nah. I think it's a shame. And the song as well. And The song just, was just we, a lot Are we talking about the song in the credits, Madonna's song that was like a yeah. cheap buy for... Best Oscar song? What is that called? Oh. It's called This Used to Be My Playground. That's right. And it's the it's most not. melancholic, awful song. It's not very good. Madonna can't sing. <laughs> like, let her just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. What? I can't think of a Madonna song right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, like- I am Lord. <laughs> <laughs> just like a breath. Do, 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 do. Sparkling thoughts. Mm. Give me the strength to go on. We're real Madonna so, fans. We'll here. stick to pop and stay away from. Balance. I feel like I've gone to Mona right. and you know, you know, that wall of Madonna fans singing the. 
Anyway, <laughs> they the the credits are over Madonna song. It was obviously a pitch for oh uh, for best song at the Oscars, and it didn't even get nominated because it was awful. Yes, um, but the but the song, score is good. The score's good, and there's the song that um, the character who uh, is played by Sitwell's mother, who I can't remember the name of that character, but she writes the song that they then sing in the locker room, and that's the actual song of the All American Women's Baseball League from the forties. Like it's really the, so. It's kind of like as much as this is a fictional retelling, they have that one. In there as well. Um, yeah, it's it's a nice. It's moment. nice when they sing it halfway through the film. I don't think they. Yeah, need I don't it think they need it at the end either. Mm, no. And I don't think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there are just little bits that you could edit and trim in this movie. Bring it in because it, it's long. It's two hours, mm. and it's like yeah, probably probably cut fifteen. A little bit from the start, a little bit from the end, and or just sub in some stuff with Kitty to make it a little bit more profound. How, there. how would you have ended it? Um, I didn't hate just the idea of honestly well it would completely if there's a version of the movie where you can deepen the relationship between kitty and dotty then you end with that victory for kitty but you have a much more pronounced and a really really intense sort of confrontation between them at the end and like an understanding of what that meant for dotty to lose because it still felt a little nonchalant when she's like no you you wanted it more than me so you won and I'm like, this is a big deal for Kitty. Like, this doesn't even play that well when she kind of talks with her at the end. Because it's know? kind of off balance. Kitty is so obsessed and Dottie's like, eh, I don't really ah, care. Ah, whatever, I guess you won. And I'd be like... Which is sh- kind of almost bully behaviour in a weird way. Yeah. It's like, by being I didn't want it Exactly. What your yeah. victory means nothing. Yes, so I would make that deeper or just cut that whole thing that and just have fun. them win. And the second they win the last game and Tom Hanks is sitting in the dugout like crying... Because he's so happy he, they were able to do this. And then it's just, that's the end of the movie. I'd be like, that's a perfect movie. I would have liked an armchair scene in front of a cosy fire with John Lovitz. Just giving a quick recap. Just telling us about the So the later. girls won. <laughs> I think you all saw it. Now my tickle's in need of a pickle. Ah, other way around. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, never mind. That's enough of that accent. Oh, uh, my God. So Madonna blows the priest. Isn't that interesting? Is yeah. that what you think happens there? I 100% think she blows no, the I think no, 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 no. I don't think that happens. I don't think that's it. What else could it be? I what, she just cuts a glory hole into the, into the, the pew? No, what is it? What, what are the box? The confessional? confessional. Confessional? Yeah. I don't think so. I, Frank's I think nodding just, vigorously. No, no. <laughs> She's like, obviously that's what I'm she not, did. I was never a Catholic, so I don't understand <laughs> I what think they Tom they and I are in agreement that just whatever what was she, she dropped, then? whatever she just told him some stuff that just shook him to the core. I'm rewatching 30 Rock at the moment. I might have mentioned it. And uh, <laughs> there's actually an episode where Jack Donaghy goes to confession and he <laughs> turns to the priest and he gives him this slew of awful things he's done. And then at one point he's like, I just want to leave here and go make love with my beautiful girlfriend, Selma Hayek. And he turns to the priest. He's like, have you ever seen a naked woman? And the priest's like, come on, man. <laughs> and it like storms out of the box, just so devastated. I just imagine Madonna did the same thing. She's like, here's all the things in my life that you yeah. know nothing of. No, because the priest comes out and he's, he's like choked up. He's like, oh, my Lord. And he dabs his forehead. Like that's what I do. All right. So does, does everyone, am I the only person? You are alone. Chris? Wow. I've never spoken to Madonna, so I uh, (laughs) got no skin in the game here. She has that effect on everyone. If this were real life, yes. I think Madonna would have found a way to blow the priest. She would have chewed her way through the wood. Seems a bit harsh. In the confessional. (laughs) 
What is she, a beaver? Do you have a sound <laughs> effect for this for discussion? A, like, for a beaver? Well, just to bring this, like, what would be a... Well, that's Madonna's head game is the conversation we just had. <laughs> <laughs> she just farted nonstop for two minutes. So the priest walks out like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, sorry, right. Frank, can't defend you on this. Yeah, that's fine. But is anyone going to throw in the pal in the movie or are we... What do you think? Uh, <laughs> Does anyone dislike it? No. no I'm going to sit on a seven. Because yeah, seven point five is good for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all good. Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's like an eight point six. Yeah, it's it, this is inevitable when we do this. So nothing's Just, changing. It's eight point six. <sighs> Great. What's the what's the point one for? Just give me something quick. Give it what the point one. The point one on top of the eight point five. Uh, it's the bit where it cuts to the shot of uh, Rosie O'Donnell in the field. She's like, "Come on, just one more!" Like she just screams it at the go. top of her lungs, and it's like that's pretty funny. And Tom goes, oh, "Point one more, then yeah. I guess." I gave her one more. You're a joke. <laughs> Three the Story of the Power, it's a half hour productions production, and my name is Frank. Ooh, I'm Tom. My name's Chris. And Tom's Grimace. <laughs> Was that? <laughs> we just talked about that? Was that in the previous pod? What year is it? I don't know, same shirt, different day. Take me out to the ball game. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Through in the past.